Hello, and welcome to another episode of At Any Rate. I'm your host, Natasha Kanova, and I head JP Morgan Global Commodities Research. Today, we would like to discuss the evolving conflict in the Middle East and the resulting oil premium. The global oil market has been hit by a number of shocks in the last three years. First, we had the attack on Saudi oil processing facilities in September 2019, then the outbreak of COVID in 2020, the Russian-Ukraine war in 2022, and now the Hamas attacks on Israel and Israel's unfolding response. As we speak, U.S. Navy shut down missiles potentially headed for Israel. The U.S., the U.K., Germany, and Saudi Arabia urged its nationals to leave Lebanon, and the Iranian foreign minister called for members of the Organization of Islamic Cooperation. This is uh, an intergovernment organization consisting of 57 member states to impose an oil embargo and other sanctions on Israel and expel all Israeli ambassadors. Today, the leaders of Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates are meeting in Riyadh to discuss the escalating Israel-Hamas conflict. Yet the oil prices have been um, relatively contained considering the stakes at play in the Middle East. Uh, so uh, on October uh, 4th, before the Hamas attack, the near-term Brent contract cost at $85 per barrel. Today, the price is at around 93. Um, in fact, 12 days into the conflict, uh, Brent has remained below its levels of early October. So we estimate that at $93, Brent oil price is about $7 overvalued versus its estimated fair value. Uh, we find this as an appropriate premium for the time being, in our view, considering the ge geographical proximity to other regional powers such as Iran. But beyond the short-term spike uh, induced by geopolitics, our base case for oil remains that large inventory draws observed in the third quarter of this year will transition to largely balanced markets in the fourth quarter. So our model oscillates between 100 KBD built and 100 KBD draw, uh, with Brent exiting the year at about $86. So this is unchanged view from uh, many weeks that we have been um, recording this podcast. So oil flows have not yet been affected uh, with limited risk of future supply losses in our view and strange as it might seem since 1967 with the exception of the Yom Kippur War of 1973, none of the other 10 major military conflicts involving Israel resulted in lasting impact on oil prices. So if we look at historical data, since 1967, um, there were 20 major military confrontations in the Middle East and North Africa, 11 of them involving Israel. With the exception of the Yom Kippur War of 1973, um, when a surprise attack on Israel eventually led to Saudi oil embargo against the U.S. and surging global oil prices, other Israeli conflicts did not have a lasting medium-term impact on oil prices. So looking at Brent oil prices three months before and after the inception of each conflict, we conclude that historically regional conflicts involving Israel often prompted a sharp increase in oil prices, uh, even with no immediate supply loss, likely due to apprehensions about potential disruptions. But eventually, oil prices tended to gradually stabilize and decline, resulting in Brent actually trading at the discount to its fundamentally uh, derived fair value. In these cases, the near-term supply-demand balance and the resulting change in oil inventories have been a more important factor to fall than, than the war. Similarly, other military conflicts in the Middle East, like, for example, the Syrian civil war in March 2011, Yemeni civil war in September 2014, ISIS advancement in northern Iraq in, uh, in, in the summer of 2014, the U.S. drone strike on Iranian major general in January 2020, and an airstrike in Syria in April 2017, and so on. 
did not have a considerable supply loss in the aftermath of a conflict, resulting in no impact on the price of oil. In contrast, events involving a major regional oil producer tend to have a material, material impact on oil prices. So, for example, um, the first Gulf War in August 1990, the second Gulf War and the conflict in the Niger Delta, both in March 2003, the 2011 Libyan Civil War, in February 2011, the fall of Mosul in June 2014, and the sanctions on Iran in 2018 directly impacted oil supply, subsequently boosting oil prices. We estimate that in these episodes, oil was trading at a wide $7 to $14 premium to its fair value for an extended period. So where do we see the current conflict? Um, the current fear is that the Israeli-Gaza conflict could broaden by a three-pass. Uh, first, Hezbollah could mount a major assault against the northern Israel. Um, so while recent press reports suggested that the current conflict has escalated on Israel's northern border with Lebanon, stoking fears that Hezbollah has opened the second front, uh, interestingly is that Israel so far has opted to keep its Leviathan and Karish offshore gas processing facilities open despite both fields located in close proximity to the to the maritime border with Lebanon. In contrast, Israel has suspended production at the Tamar gas field off its southern coast near Gaza two days after the Hamas attacks. So we're watching very closely any news from, from those two gas fields. Second, if evidence emerges of Iranian involvement in the attacks, Israel could launch retaliatory strikes against Israel itself, or the U.S. could begin to strictly enforce restrictions on Iranian oil exports. Um, so neither scenario can be written off, but Bosan likely in our view. Uh, for example, 12 days into the conflict, Israeli officials as well as counterparts in the U.S. and Europe have been very careful not to implicate Iran and said there is no evidence or proof that Iran ordered the attacks. At this juncture, our baseline case remains of no imminent tightening on Iran's oil shipments to China. As it is anticipated, the U.S. administration will stay clear from actions that will directly impact Iranian oil supplies. The U.S. will likely continue to block Iran from finding new buyers of its crude, and thus capping Iran's crude oil production at around 3.3 3 million barrels per day. And so our view remains that the trajectory of Iranian oil supply growth will continue to be determined by China's business cycle rather than the U.S. administration. So a lot of talks if the conflict broadens to include the closure of the Strait of Hormuz, which is the world's busiest oil shipping channel. Uh, so and under this situation, it would shut down the region's oil trade, supercharging oil prices. So about 17 to 18 million barrels per day of, uh, of oil flows through that particular choke point. Uh, crucially, while Iran has threatened over the years to block the Strait, it had never followed through. So that's something to keep in mind. And third, the concern is that Israel's conflict with Hamas could broaden into more general Middle Eastern conflagration, igniting retaliatory responses from major oil-producing countries. So we find the parallels with 1973, especially in light of Iran's comments troubling, but inexact. Uh, first, the geopolitical environment today is very different compared to 50 years ago, 50 years ago, Western countries were the main importers of crude produced by the Arab countries. Today, Asia is the main buyer of OPEC soil. Moreover, both uh, Israel and Iran have strong incentives to keep the conflict contained, as do the U.S., Saudi Arabia, and the uh, United Arab Emirates. And so far, they have acted accordingly. 
So, for example, large Middle Eastern energy producers, including both Saudi Arabia and the UAE, have not supported holding oil sales to Israel or any of its uh, allies. So even if uh, the fighting spreads uh, beyond Israel and the Palestinian territories, so we believe that it's unlikely to result in a pro prolonged oil price spike. Um, there are tangible signs that high oil prices amplified by surging borrower costs and depreciating EM currencies began to erode fuel consumption. Um, so interestingly, we looked at the historical relationship between oil prices and the emerging markets growth. Uh, we looked uh, over 2005 and 2019 period, uh, removing the COVID and post-COVID years. And that suggests that the EM growth typically rises as oil prices rise, with the increase in growth slowing as prices trend toward $85. Within the $85 to $90 range, the gains and losses of oil exporters and importers broadly appear to offset each other. But as oil prices move above 90, the drag on oil importers dominates and uh, emerging markets grow slows. Uh, although emerging markets on net uh, overall net exporters of oil, uh, EM Asia is actually a net buyer. So Malaysia is the only country in the region that is, uh, that is a net exporter. So importantly for the region, if you look at um, Brent price, Brent price has risen 29% from the June lows. But oil price is up almost 40% in Indonesian rupiah, Taiwanese dollar, Korean won, and the Thai baht. So in other words, the price of oil in some local currencies is not that far off from the highs reached last year. So the impact on demand is evident from official oil consumption statistics. So for example, oil consumption in Taiwan, Thailand, Japan, and South Korea was 115,000 um, barrels per day below 2022 levels in July and 482 KBD in August. Total crude oil imports by Pakistan, Bangladesh, and Sri Lanka declined 10% year-over-year in the third quarter of this year, with imports of oil products collapsing 18% over year-ago levels. Meanwhile, Nigeria, which is Africa's largest oil consumer, so in that country, the imports of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel have plunged 34% in the third quarter as domestic prices tripled after the administration scrapped a costly subsidy on fuel. Thank you all to listening to the Commodities Edition at JP Morgan's At Any Rate podcast. We look forward to continuing the conversation next week. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please refer to JP Morgan Research Reports related to its content for more information, including important disclosures. 2023, JP Morgan Chase & Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on October 20th, 2023.